Welcome to day 113 of Shaped by the Word. I'm back after a week of quarantine. Got a negative COVID test, so the kids allowed me back in the studio. <laughs> and here we are. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matthew Kresge and Katie Kresge. And uh, we're continuing our journey through Paul's letters. We're in 1 Corinthians, a really unique book. Uh, the Corinthian church was initially one of Paul's favorite churches, but as time wore on, the church becomes more and more crazy. They're bringing a lot of influences in from pagan worship, a lot of influences in uh, from Roman and Greek philosophy. And so the worship services are getting a little muddled. Matter of fact, um, Paul will say toward the end of the book, sometimes your gatherings do more harm than good, Mm -hmm. which is a crazy indictment. So when we come to this book, you know, um, there are several big sections. First of all, there are divisions in the church, and that's what Paul addresses, you know, in the chapters that we're in right now. Uh, then after that, you know, he talks, he moves past that, and he talks about sexuality. How do we, how do we handle our bodies in relationship to the gospel? And of course, there are varying attitudes among Greek philosophy and uh, Roman practice, and so Paul addresses those uh, from the light of the gospel. Then he talks about uh, food sacrificed to idols, talks about their worship services, and finally about their understanding of the resurrection. So this is a book There's just a lot of problems that are coming together, and Paul patiently, as a pastor, works them out. Uh, this is also you know, one of three books, uh, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a letter that he wrote uh, to you know, another letter, not only 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, but he refers to another letter that he has written. So Paul spends a lot of time uh, patiently pastoring you know, these people. So as we continue in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, let's pause for a word of prayer before we do again. Uh, Matt, do you mind yeah, let's pray. lifting us up? Father, we thank you for this time together in your word. We thank you that you have spoken to us through it. We thank you, as we'll read today, um, that you have revealed your things um, to us through your spirit, and you've given us the mind of Christ. And, and so, Father, as we read... Um, would you give us the wisdom to discern the things that are yours? Um, would you do so um, for your glory, for our edification, for our um, maturing? Father, help us to, to be your people in this place. Um, continue to form us as we spend time in your word together. Um, and God, would we praise you? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Our reading today is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and chapter 3. Um, but before we do that, I'd like to just back up and get that last paragraph uh, of chapter 1 because it really brings in the context. Brothers and sisters, and I'm beginning in verse 26 of chapter 1. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Here we are in chapter 2. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. 
No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and God is destined for glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from God, the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we do have the mind of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as a people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I give you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you're, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Paulus, are, not, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes all things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they'll each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care, for no one can lay a foundation other than one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light, and it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you're wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. And really capable way of bringing all these factions in it mm-hmm. together and realizing uh, who, 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 you know, who teachers are merely servants of Christ, but more importantly, who Christ is, and Christ is all in all. Mm-hmm. And as believers, uh, we don't have to kind of fight over you know, what we do have or what makes us distinct, because in believers, we have all things in Christ. So Paul, as always, does a wonderful job. More theology, uh, 
just in, in two sentences than mm-hmm. most of us can mm-hmm. fathom in a lifetime. But this has been a fun, fun section. I know you oh, have I thought, thought you were about to say something. You go, <laughs> yeah. And then you stop. Sometimes doing I'm a podcast with the Kreskis is just to get right in the middle of a family thing <laughs> you know, going on here. We'll flip a Cohen. Okay, Matt, you're up. All right. I, I mean, I, I just love the way he starts this section. I'm even kind of backing up. I mean, in the Greco Roman world, you know, they would have, they've prized wisdom and elegant speech and, you know, beautiful rhetoric. And, and Paul won't even appeal to any of that. You know, he says, when I came, I desired to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And this is what I proclaim to you, this foolish message. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even do it, you know, with beautiful rhetoric and speech. I, I wanted yeah. you to see my weakness on display. And we, I mean, we see that's one of the themes that we see throughout this letter, that, yeah. that God does something in our weakness, you know, to display his strength. And, and so I, I just love, I mean, even as... I, I try to put myself in this perspective a little bit. If, if people were arguing over, you know, is Matt a capable leader? I'd want to appeal at least to some, what, like, I would hope I am. You mm-hmm. know, Paul says, I don't even have to appeal to my own abilities or, you know, I, I just appeal to the gospel. And, and so I love, even for Paul, he sees division among the church and, and its leaders, and, and his appeal is not to the unity of leaders or, you know, Apollos is a friend. It's it's an appeal to the gospel and how the gospel is what centers, you know, informs the church. Yeah. And there's, and of course the big thing in the, you know, the Greek Roman world was status. Uh, the more you could elevate your status and the more well you could be thought of. And, and Paul is actually turning that on his head. First of all, by reminding them, you know, that you received your status from Christ. It yeah. was a gift to you, not an achievement of yourself. Think of what you were. Uh, you know, we were just foolish people. We had no nobility, you know, in and of ourselves. Uh, we were the ones that were despised by the rest of the world. And, and our status has come to us in Christ. So there's, you know, nothing. And, of course, we bring back, you know, the Jeremiah theme again and again. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast in his strength or the rich man in his possessions, but let him who boast boast this that he knows and understands that I am the Lord. And he said, that's the only cause we have for boasting. And he said, you know, I didn't have to turn it on with, you know, slick stories or, you know, well-crafted speech or, you know, try to, you know, try to arrange the message, you know, for the right effect at the right time. I, I wanted you to hear the basics of the gospel, and I wanted uh, your, your your faith to rest on Jesus and not on eloquence or philosophy or human yeah. wisdom or any of any of these other things. I just think about how easy it would have been for the leaders to um, – let the people's opinions of them and kind of their celebrity status, I guess, like get to them and, and inform their, um, their th- own thoughts of themselves. Um, and how easy it would have been to think, you know what, I am something, but he says, you know, we were, we're nothing but servants. And I was just, I wrote a note in my Bible this morning, just like, I think as a, as a leader, as someone who is um, in a leadership position in, in church ministry, just specifically, um, it's, it's so easy to just start thinking that you are something, and then that's kind of the beginning of, of a really rough road for you and for the church, and pride can just find its way no into doubt. our hearts. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and so what I see Paul doing in setting an example for us is just constantly going back to the gospel and, and his, um, and boasting, yes, but boasting in the one who is actually worthy of a boast, yeah. which is Christ. The more impressed we are with ourselves, the further we are from the heart of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, our, our burden is to be so deeply impressed with Christ. There's, mm-hmm. 
uh, there's no room for you know no room for anything else mm-hmm. also like you know his description of you know accountability uh, you know that you can lay no other foundation than the yeah. one is already laid but all of us are building on that foundation and, and using you know different to, you know different kind of materials and there can be a lot of ministries that have a really impressive look to them but that's not what will really matter it's testing them against that day and of course he calls that you know testing with fire mm-hmm. and and some you know some of these very impressive you know uh, from a human standpoint or from a worldly wisdom standpoint you know ministries will crumble to the earth and some of i am guessing you know some of the the more you know the less shiny the less bright the less noticed ministries that are built on a more sure foundation uh you know will, will stand mm-hmm. and uh it's just a reminder of, of not you know try, being impressed with ourselves is of course what you were saying katie or being impressed with you know what's going on around us we need to be impressed with the gospel yeah. and build on a foundation of the gospel yeah and, and i love i mean the heart of it right is he says that, that even in our in our status or in our in our wisdom we can't receive the things of the spirit you know, the spirit is the only one who mm-hmm. enables us to receive the things of the spirit he says the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of god but considers them foolishness mm-hmm. so it's not even that we think they're okay it's we consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit and then when he gets to chapter three and he talks about planting and you know watering he says it's god who gives the growth mm-hmm. i mean and we think about foundations of ministry and we think about our church i mean yeah why would we boast on what we've accomplished because it's god who's given the growth here and yeah, and I think it's just a humbling way. Mm. I love if if I'm going to boast at all, it's going to be in the Lord because He's the one that re- enables us to receive the message. It's His message, and He causes us to grow in the uh, message. It's all of God. And uh, I planted in Apollos water, but it's God who makes all things grow. Yeah. And uh, you know what? A, you know what? If a beautiful picture, and of course the uh, the image He has of the Spirit here is, is is very rich. It's only by the Spirit that we discern spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Spirit knows the very mind of Christ, and yeah. we have the yeah. Spirit in us, which enables us as we you know, walk in obedience with Him and yield to the Holy Spirit. And, of course, he's using terms of Spirit a lot. He said, I couldn't address you as, as spiritual people or people who are living by the Spirit because you're actually not. You're being mm-hmm. worldly or you're being fleshly uh, because you're arguing about status. Uh, and as we'll find out in worship services, you're talking over each other, trying to impress each other, uh, you know, rather than trying to, you know, deeply minister, you know, the word, you know, the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and then he, you know, he talks about, and a lot of times we read this, you know, in an individual way. You are the temple of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. The NIV does, you know, something to help us capture the sense of it. And the Spirit is in your midst. Yeah. In other words, He's what is holding this community together. And if any of you destroy you know this this temple and he's talking about if, if you know he's talking to them and their spiritual arrogance making it about themselves rather than about christ he mm-hmm. said if you destroy this temple god you're gonna have to deal with god <laughs> on, on, the, on this issue. yeah yeah just a little bit <laughs> and of course that takes us back to you know first part of chapter three as well we all answer you know for our work yeah. you know before him and some of us may not have much to show yeah. yeah, we're all building something, right? And so, after the fire, like, would, wouldn't you say the fire represents some sort of refining, some sort of judgment, or maybe trials? What would you say that? Fire the fire is? almost in in this instance, when you're talking about the judgment seat, 
uh, almost always, you know, it's just talking about, you know, judgment. Yeah. So it is, it, you could say that's true, that along the way, trials do mm-hmm. reveal something of the character of a ministry. Uh, but this is this is when we finally come before Christ, when he tests our work. And, and of course, from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, the way uh, the way you test a work is in the refiner's mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So which burns away the is, the dross. Exactly. Is he but he's not specifically. I don't even know what talking. dross is. Sorry about that. <laughs> he's not specifically talking to just church leaders, right? He's talking to the church. Am I right in saying that? So like he's saying each of us have our own ministry that we are we're building something, whether you're a church leader or not. And so we're all responsible for what we're building. Right. His initial application is to himself and Apollos. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, you know, right now you guys are impressed with some of the outward, you know, things of ministry. One day we'll answer for the inner spirit of our ministry. And, of course, that application moves to every one of us mm-hmm. because we've, we've all been given this enormous gift, you know, through the gospel. And it's a stewardship. We have a stewardship of the gospel and how we build on it you know is, is very important as well so mm-hmm. and we will all you know, paul mm-hmm. will tell us stand before the judgment seat of christ and have our works evaluated this is in particular the works of church leaders but all of us will have our our works evaluated before him and i think the fire test will <laughs> be, be pretty big in that as well mm-hmm. so much more here i yeah. uh, wish we could linger but we'll see you again tomorrow Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of the Spirit. Thank you that your Spirit is in our midst. We thank you that your Spirit knows the deep things of your heart and conveys them to us. It's a promise your Son made that the Spirit, when he comes, will take the things that are mine and make them yours. And so, Father, we thank you for the gift of bringing the gospel home to us. We do thank you and for the little phrase, no eye has seen nor ear has heard nor has even entered into the Uh, the heart of man, what you have in store for those who love you. And we thank you that you are working us toward that end through your spirit, not only as you bring us into relationship with you, but as you grow us in our relationship. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.